You're listening to SA Talk, San Antonio's favorite podcast for discussions involving the Alamo City. I'm your host and favorite retirement advisor, Zachary Esperiqueta. Today is Friday, August 26th, and this week on SA Talk, I'm bringing on two local foodies who you might recognize, SA Lunchador and SA Bites. Now, if you've been listening to SA Talk episodes for the last couple of months, you probably recognize both of these accounts, especially SA Lunchador. They've been providing the weekly recommendations in the last segment of the podcast pretty much every episode. The SA Bites account is run by Riona Sasaki and SA Lunchador is run by the Mast Foodie. Now, even though some would love to know who the Mast Foodie is or, or what his name is, at least, he makes it a point to remain anonymous. And personally, I love the anonymity because it makes the viewer of the content focus on the picture instead which means whoever is looking at these pictures or watching the video on TikTok that he puts together is giving their full attention to the food or drink from whatever business he's at. Now, obviously, they're going to look at the masked foodie. They're going to look at his luchador mask um, that, of course, pays homage to to that history and that culture. But people are looking at the food, and, and he'll tell you one of the major reasons he does this is to really give back to these local businesses and, and bring more people to these places of business. Before we get to the interview, be sure to follow them both on Instagram, and you can also follow S.A. Lunchador on TikTok. But on Instagram, you can find the masked foodie at S.A. Lunchador. That's S.A. Lunchador. And again, you can also find him on TikTok. And Riona, you can find her account at S.A. Bites. Now, S and A also have a dot after them, so it's going to be at S.A.Bytes. And while you're at it, take a quick minute to follow the podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can find us at SA Pod Network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But with that said, let's get to my discussion with Riona and the Masked Foodie. All right, guys. Well, I do have the Masked Foodie at SA Lunchador on TikTok and Instagram and Riona from at SA Bites on Instagram. How are you doing, guys? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. I'm excited to have y'all on. I know recently I did an interview with a local influencer, SATX Rated. You guys probably know of them. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, this is my first time having, I guess, a foodie account, if not multiple foodie accounts on the podcast. So kind of excited for that. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely know uh, Donovan, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely feel he's more of an influencer. I myself. I, I don't really care too much for that title, but I, I would always say foodie first for sure. You know, it's funny because like when I ask someone, I've asked a few people like, do you consider yourself an influencer? And I don't think like nobody likes to just kind of like take that title. Everyone, I don't know. I guess it just has negative connotation to it. See, <laughs> no, no. And I totally get it. Yes and no. Because I feel like with an influencer, like there are certain denominations, there's certain exit labels to it that people say, oh, well, it's all paid and blah, blah, blah. And first and foremost, like I always tell people, no, like I take money too, but not like from local businesses or stuff like that. It just depends on what you're doing. But if you're definitely doing a lot more marketing, I definitely think it's 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 a good thing to just name yourself as an influencer rather than a foodie because I feel more more so foodies have this inclination towards we just like eating and we do it for the fun of it as opposed to just doing marketing as a whole i do it for the food and i usually don't <laughs> not take the fame <laughs> yeah not the fame i usually don't do it for money i just do it for free because it's fun the i will say up. this i get mad at riona because i think she should take hcb's money or other big companies money but she doesn't she's that good of a person well you can't deny i guess 
you have influence. You don't have to name yourself an influencer, but the accounts definitely have influence. I mean, you know, you're having followers look at that and like the pages, go and visit the places, maybe because they see it come across your, you know, on your TikTok videos or on Instagram. Um, but I have to know, and we can kind of go one by one. It doesn't matter who answers first, but I kind of want to know how you got started with those individual uh, Instagram accounts. I'll, I'll let Riona start because actually, uh, fun fact, we're supposed to start a page together. But I was being a uh, quote-unquote hard-ass about the name. I wanted to be all lit or whatever and just basically be more fancy with the name. So I I, I stuck to Countdown City Connoisseurs. I thought it was cool. Like Countdown City Connoisseurs. People were like, oh, what's that? It'd be trendy and whatnot. Worst decision I ever. Told because him, I told it was like way too long. <laughs> and like nobody knows how to spell con- connoisseurs. So it'd be like really hard to like find it on Instagram. So I was just like, that's not a good idea, but you know, that's okay. We ended up having like our own separate foodie pages and it worked out. Were you going to places together? No, actually, but we do sometimes. I feel though, actually like before, and that's why we, we thought about doing it. Cause we would eat places. We would actually eat more before when we didn't have our whole foodie thing. Now that we would get like different, now that we get like different invites to things, we don't always have like the matching plan. So unless we get a plus one or something like that, or if not, she's busy or I am and it just doesn't ever work out sometimes. Yeah. He would always invite me to his places. So, and like whenever I had an invite, I would invite him to places. So why, why essay bites? Was it just because of the short name essay? Just, did you have a few names that you ran by Riona? So actually I would follow like a whole bunch of food, foodie accounts on Instagram. And I was actually inspired by essay foodie. And so that's why it's like essay bites. <laughs> there was like not very many options. So I was like, oh, okay, bites. That sounds cool. And it's short and simple and easy to find. I'd already like loved going out and exploring San Antonio and taking pictures of food. So all I had to do was start the count. And I've been thinking about it for a while, but I finally decided to pull the trigger when I got to meet SA Foodie, like just upon chance. I went to uh, Art of Donut when it was a food truck and I saw her and just started talking to her. I was like, you know what, I can do this. So like a few days later, I had started the account and I started back in January 17, 2017. And it just like blew up from there. I was like super excited after I got like my first 100 followers. I didn't think like people cared that much, but it was super exciting. So what about the SA Lunch Door? So how did, I mean, how did that name come about? How did you kind of start incorporating the the mask, of course, from the, the famed Luchadors? So before actually, when I started my account, I, I just did it because I felt that, and to this day, I still feel like San Antonio is still a little bit lacking in, in the food scene. We're definitely getting more people. So that's good that we have more diversity. A lot of what we would see is just a lot of hype places. And it goes with the marketing biz. I can't hate on anyone for trying to make a living, you know? Luckily, I, I have a decent job or I've had decent jobs and now I'm still doing okay to where like I, I never really thought of using this as like a moneymaker, but I just hated knowing that there are so many good spots that people were like we're passing up on just because one, they didn't know the social media game, they couldn't pay for marketing, uh, just stuff like that. And so I just started doing my thing, just doing a little bit of bougie, but also doing like a little bit of just hole in the wall spots. But I didn't actually start the masking until I think maybe like a year into it because I, I never showed my face to begin with. It was just photos of uh, photos and pictures of food and whatnot. And then afterwards, I, I was at the I was at the McNay because I had seen like a lot of like basic girls just posting pictures next to their <laughs> like th- those stairs that they have. 
I was like, you know what would be cool? I could take a, a picture there and just like wear all this like Mexico gear stuff and put on a luchador mask. And people liked it. I was like, yeah, I just kept it. And then that's how the SA luchador was born. I like it. Well, what was it like early on though? And, and again, I mean, you just kind of take turns on answering, but what was it like early on, you know, are you, are you just going to all these places around town and, and, and just taking pictures or, cause I feel like that's expensive. You know, when I was talking to Donovan from SATX rated, he was talking about that. He was like, he sees so many people try to start, whether it be a foodie account or just like a general influencer account. And they want to try to go to these places every day. And it's like, that's expensive. You know, I mean, were you kind of backlogging pictures at the time or did that, you kind of learn to do that, you know, over time? So I can't really cook. So I would just go on my days <laughs> off uh, to places I've researched. And I tend to spend a lot of money on food whenever I go to a restaurant anyway. So like whenever I get my bill for <laughs> like my end of year bank statement, I would have like three or four pages just of food. I think I spend like at least three or four thousand dollars on food alone. So it just depends on what you like to do. And that's what I spend my money on. So I always say like there's levels to it, you know. Definitely with our level, I, I do think we spend a lot more of our own dime. And it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, like like Rihanna said, I I think I have some cooking prowess. But even at then, like, I just like eating out a lot and trying new places. So it definitely can take a toll on your wallet. But I mean, now now that you get a lot of invites or it's just now, if anything, I have a backlog of places that I need to try. And it's just I get busy with work or just stuff comes up. And like there's probably like 10 or 15 places that are still like, uh, even Rihanna can attest to it. They hit you up, but like, and you tell them, like, yeah, I'm going to go meet you. But it's just, it's hard trying to get out to just everyone. Were you reaching out to them or just visiting and tagging them in pictures? Or were they, you know, when did they start reaching out to you? So obviously that's kind of like one of the things that you kind of have to deal with as like a foodie where it's kind of like, you have to realize there's a, there's like a, a necessary evil to it. I myself have still kept up my MO that I've, I've never asked anyone to go try out their stuff. Cause I feel like at that point in my case, how I run my page I'm not, I'm not asking out for handouts, you know, like I'll, if there's a place I really want to go try, I'll go pay for it out of my own dime. Now, if someone wants me to go try their place, I, I try to stipulate, Hey, if I'm going to go out there, I think it's only fair. You're only coming to me because you're seeing that I have a good following and you want me to help your business. And I'm okay with that. Like it's understood, you know? And so yeah. I, I've gotten burned a couple of times because they're like, Oh, we'll invite you. Come on over. And then they still stick me with a bill. I was like, well, that's my fault for not uh, <laughs> making sure I understood what you meant by invite. I think it's pretty fair the way uh, most of us run it. Like I said, I, I know some yeah. people do ask because sometimes you need content, you know? Sometimes you run out of places that you've gone to or, or you might just be in a bind and you just want to get something quick out of the way. It would be really easy, especially for someone like me, just to be like, hey, yeah, uh, look at my numbers. Uh, let me just uh, get you some exposure. But I, I just feel that it takes away from my MO, which is, again, yeah. Oh, I feel like a lot a lot of the times, you know, these these small businesses, and I think you kind of alluded to that earlier, like they they don't have the money to be spending on marketing or sometimes either they don't want to or they just don't have it. You know, they they don't have the margins to do that. They like need whatever kind of free marketing they can get. And so, you know, being a influencer per se or a foodie account uh, with a healthy amount of followers, you know, you're you are their marketing arm. <laughs> like you're helping them out. And sometimes that's just what they need. For sure. And so, like I said, it, it, it's, it becomes a necessary evil because I've been praising TikTok a lot more because I feel now their reach is more organic. So I always tell businesses, look, it, it might not always hit, 
but it's always worth it to at least try. Like you're probably going to stay stagnant on Instagram for months unless you have a proper like marketing strategy plan, which I don't even have for mine. Like a lot of people are like, oh, what do you do? As like I, I do the bare minimum on Instagram. Anyone can can run a successful foodie account if you join in pods, if you just comment on people's stuff. And it's not to say that I'm like like a douchebag or antisocial to say, but it just it was never my intention to do that on Instagram. I just wanted to show off the good food. If people liked it, then it, then that's it. Like I'm not asking for anyone to reciprocate for me. And I never expected either. But what I liked about TikTok is that the reach is more organic. And like I said, oh, people actually want to engage with you stuff. And whereas 10 people might leave a comment on your Instagram saying, hey, I really want to try that. For some reason, people on TikTok actually deliver. And almost all my videos that hit over like 10,000 views, businesses have said that, oh, people came in and they showed us your TikTok and this is what they wanted to buy. So that's why I've always been telling businesses to, keep an eye out and at least at least invest a little bit of time into just new social media platforms. When I first started, I would just go to the places and take pictures of the food I paid for. But eventually I got emails from places asking me to take pictures. So I would just do that for them without, you know, asking for payment or anything like that, just so they could get some exposure. Do you ever feel like sometimes you kind of have to like take a step back and relax? Like I know for a little while you've, you've kind of had a little bit of a hiatus, but but, you know, for the mass lunch uh, door, like, I mean, you are at this every day, it seems like. I am ruthless. And honestly, it's, it's more of a sense of pride for me just because I will I will always like talk down about my Instagram just because like I, I know I could do better and I don't. But it's just I've already done so much to it that I just can't let it go. Like I, I, if I really the smart thing for me would be just be like, yeah, whatever about Instagram and just focus on TikTok. But I know people that follow me on there, like, and I've met, I've made some great connections and I would hate to just be like, oh, just because TikTok's not giving me love, I'm just going to give up on it. I, I think that's a petty thing to do. So I, I keep it up just for that. Yeah. And I thought about deleting my account because I have not posted in such a long time. But the reason I haven't posted was like for health reasons. I had gained like 20 to 30 pounds <laughs> just from like eating out so much. I got my cholesterol red and it was literally 210 as bleeding San Antonio. Like my doctor's like, you stop. <laughs> I'm like, I can't stop. It's so good. You know? So I had to like take a break and, and like take care of my health. So that yeah. was like the biggest reason I stopped. And I'm glad I did because I need to be a lot healthier. Well, and I'm sure, at least I would think, you know, you have those followers still there, right? And even though, you know, you may not post for a while and you kind of take a break, like, I'm sure, like, you know, give it a week of posting, like, it, it'll just be right back on it, you know, because people are looking for those food pics, like, all the time. Yeah, well, people love well, food in San Antonio. And well, you see, that, that's where it kind of gets tricky, though, because you do have to be a little bit ruthless with it, like I was saying, because now the way the Instagram uh, algorithm goes... If you stop posting, like you'll stop getting love. Because I, I know Riona's told me sometimes that that's happened to her. Where like randomly, like, and, and it happens to me too. Like you post up something. Like I posted like a picture of like, what was it? Little Caesars pizza. And I think one year that was like my most liked pizza. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like I took I took pictures of like some fancy food and no one cared for it. But like I got like a hundred likes or whatever. And I try not to be a numbers guy. I only care about the numbers just because like oh. Well, I know the engagement is there. Yeah. But I'm not like, look at my likes or whatever. I just I just want to know that, hey, people are actually looking at it and it's making a difference. Right. Well, you kind of have to, it, I would I would think, because you kind of need to keep track of, hey, is this doing better than this? Is this kind of post at this time of day, this day of the week, exactly. blah, blah, blah. Like, you kind of have to, no matter what. Yeah. It's not like you're, you'd be 
it's not like you're boasting, you know, about the likes. It's more of you just need you have. I'm sure you have goals, maybe that you need to, you know, reach and say, hey, you know what, this post, I'm 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 expecting this kind of reach with this post. Let's see how this one does. Or at least I would think so. I don't know. I mean, when it comes to the analytics, I mean, are you real like? I do you analyze them. I mean, are you looking at them? I really don't. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I really don't. I, I there's most people. There's people that will do like Excel spreadsheets based on like, well, what time did I post? What likes did I? How many likes did I get? And and just keep track of it. And I always tell myself, you know what, Hugo, this is the week you're gonna really care. This is a week where you're going to just try to beat the algorithm and comment on people's stuff and just be be a real like Instagram influencer or whatever. I just <laughs> I never bring myself to do it. In the beginning, like I didn't care about likes because I was just doing it for fun. But eventually, I started caring. Like the more followers I got, I felt like if I didn't get at least a hundred likes, like the post didn't do well. It kind of did feel like work eventually. And that's my baseline too. It it is it is a hundred as well because I feel like that's at least I don't know why it seems like a magic number to go off of. But I will say when I was sick, uh, like these past two weeks, I realized just how much time I put into it. Like. It was, it was nice not to post, but I'm just like, man, like it really does overtake my life. And just like, well, I don't even get paid for this. So why am I doing it? But again, it's a little bit of fun. But at the same time, I think once you get to our level, I start thinking about the time that I'm dedicating to it and whether or not I should be doing something more with this account. Yeah, because you take the time to like edit the photo. You have to go out there. It may take like minutes, an hour to yeah. get to the restaurant. And then you have to take pictures of the food which may take like an hour or two, depending on like the event. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to think, Hey, maybe I'm eating this food cold. I have to kind of like give some leeway. Cause I, I'm pretty critical. And so is Rayona too. We, we really do like food. And so that's the worst. Like sometimes like you're taking forever to take photos and then finally when you get to eat, you're like, Oh man, you don't even get like to crap. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you ever feel self-conscious when you're taking pictures or videos? Like someone's watching you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Someone, you well, know, I have, I have zero shame. I, I don't <laughs> care at this point. <laughs> Yeah, as long as I like it, I mean, who cares? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I ask that because, I mean, again, I mean, I don't run a foodie account, but I know like whenever I am taking a picture of food, I'm just like thinking about, oh, someone at the next table over, you know, here's this dumb millennial taking pictures of food all the time, you know, like, and I'm just wondering, I'm like, man, I could never run a foodie account for that reason because I just know, like, I'd be thinking about it the entire time. <laughs> yeah, there's no shame at all because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just want to get the best picture and then, like eat eat the food as possible as fast as possible. I, yeah. I won't lie, I'm a little bit cynical, so I, I feel like I do realize when people are looking at me and stuff. But I, I really don't let it get to me. Well, because like, it's you different. I mean, you have the mask, yeah. right? So that too. That's, oh that's no, like a, that's a thing. So I never, I never oh, yeah, go in with my mask tend to anywhere. Stare when you have yeah, the mask when I, when I, because I'll, I'll go in. The whole point of the mask is to keep my anonymity, so I don't ever bring it in unless someone invites me or whatever. They already know it's me. But usually, that's the good thing about the whole mask deal. Like no one knows what I look like as far as like businesses go, or most people, to be frank. Do you literally and walk so, up with the mask? No, no, no. Like I said, I, I'll just, I won't, I won't be wearing it, and then just out of nowhere, like I'll just take it out real quick, <laughs> take my pictures, and I'll take it off, and I'll, I'll try to do it in a secluded place so people don't catch me. Got but it. ideally, I want to get a, like a mask that I can wear the whole time and I can eat with because this opening is very small. So I could probably just put a chip <laughs> in there. But that would that would be the goal. Get a custom mask that way I can just eat with it. Enter a restaurant. Again, I'm not looking for the stardom or whatever, but people would pay more attention and be like, oh, what's your account? Stuff like that. Whereas, again, I try to keep everything low key and I'm not always trying to parade the mask around. I just I use it for what it is and that's it. You should get contacts too. So, that you know. Too. So I'm not you wearing can these. See. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the glasses look though. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> you look like like a grandpa lunchador. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, taking these pictures and supporting these businesses, I mean, you know, do you start getting the sense like, you know, I'm really doing something here. Like I'm really helping support this business and kind of give it some exposure around the community. Cause you know, like you said earlier, sometimes people overlook, you know, they don't actually go and explore whether it be a new place or an established place. Sometimes they just, they don't get the exposure that they need. Some of these smaller businesses and restaurants. Do you feel just sometime like fulfilled after you help them out like that? Definitely. Yeah. I feel like I posted a picture of Beto's Tacos, uh, which is a food truck that's right across my house. And they end up getting like over 200 likes. So I feel like they got a lot more um, business and exposure. And I, I felt like a little tingle in my heart. I was like, oh, yeah, they finally get like the love that they deserve. So it does feel really good. Yeah. And, and same goes for me. Like I said, I, I come from Mexico. So like I've had the immigrant life and everything. And it, it does suck when you have no one here to kind of help you with just the new territory that comes with just like you, even the, some places that I've gone to, like they speak very little English. And so sometimes they don't even know how to like just even ask someone for help. So like I'm always trying to help. And it's funny, though, because like I do say that I take pride in like helping a, a lot of my like my, my Mexican heritage and whatnot. But I post a lot of Asian stuff, too. But even then, like I, I try to just see if the need is there and i asked them i was like hey would you ever be interested in doing something like this like after i buy my food and they'll see me taking pictures like, oh what are you doing like, oh well, i'm posting it on social media and i show them hey here's what i do and then if some pe- some people will say oh well can you come back and do something for us and then they'll like, yeah i'll come back and i'll do it or something like I said, if they've already invited me out we'll just start there as well but like i said for the most part it is nice to see that you're making a difference because it can go a long way from a business, especially one that you feel has the potential to be something bigger. Uh, it, it would always suck to just see something closed down just because they didn't have enough likes or follows or whatever. They just couldn't get off the ground because, again, they get overshadowed by all these what I call hype restaurants. And it's just it sucks for the overall culture and like the, the, the food scene in San Antonio in my eyes. Especially like with COVID, I feel like a lot of like small businesses are closing down. So it's kind of sad to see. Do you feel like that food scene has changed you know in the last 10 years or so like has I it, feel like it it's gotten better but at the same time there's a lot of garbage out there as well and i and i won't say garbage per se because you know what if something's doing good like no amount of marketing is going to make people go to go there if it's not someone decent but i definitely feel that there's still a lot of again quote-unquote marketing out there that just gets the attention to places that again not that they don't deserve it or anything they're paying for it so they clearly have to get that exposure but again, I feel like so many other places that could be doing so much better, they just either A, give up, or they just stop trying to reinvent themselves because they see no point in it because they don't get any more money. I That's wish tough. we had more of like an Asian food scene in San Antonio because mm-hmm. there's just like Mexican restaurants like every corner. <laughs> you like, And compared to like Houston or Dallas, the food scene here is not as... We'll see. And, and, and actually, that's see. And then Riona, even she's committed a, a San Antonio foodie taboo. It's not so much Mexican. It's a lot of Tex-Mex. Traditional oh, yeah. Mexican is still hidden here, too. So a lot of people don't like traditional Mexican, like with la coche, which is like the corn fungus that grows on corn. Uh, the corn fungus that grows on corn. The fungus <laughs> that grows on corn. Uh, there's a lot of typical insects. There's a lot of typical foods that you would see in Mexico. That, that people just don't see here. Like oh, like one of the biggest crimes that I have, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I do like beef birria. Like there's nothing wrong with it. But for me, being from Mexico, I know the traditional birria has to be from like made with lamb or goat. And you don't see it here just because it's not cost efficient. And a lot of people just know that there's not a market for it because people don't know about it. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people are kind of just afraid to try new foods. You know, they like to stick with like the beef and chicken. So they might not want to try goat or lamb. Do you think that's kind of just like a, like a San Antonio thing? Like just kind of being stuck in the, in that traditional. I think it's a generational thing because like I said, I do feel like with Instagram, I don't get that much, that much love for like different things that I post on there. People are like, Oh, that's kind of weird looking where, whereas TikTok goes, there's, there's a younger generation on there. And they'll be like, oh, wow, I need to try this and stuff like that. So I do think that still a lot of San Antonio's uh, population is still set in their ways. We're like, no, like, don't mess with my tacos. Like, I still want my bean and cheese and stuff like that. But I do think, like I said, we're getting into a shift where, like, now we're starting to see stuff that we wish we had here. So, like, recently we had Macha Maiko showing up with uh, mochi donuts, which you couldn't get here. And now that. people have been selling them out every day. Or even even the, their starting business, which was just matcha ice cream you could only get it in houston i I don't even think they have one in dallas it's bringing those new foods that are going to further the the overall gastronomy of san antonio and i think that's something important that we need to keep in mind instead of just having all these places pop up that just have like fancy uh, my biggest gripe is all all the new places popping up in downtown whereas like i feel like they're just overpriced and stuff like that but i mean we are a tourist city so i can't deny that we do need some of that in, in in our food scene as well so yeah, and not a lot of people are like willing to spend like twenty or thirty dollars. Oh no, not at all. San Antonio, I, I'll, I'll say this to my people: San Antonio is very cheap. The minute the minute they see more than like five to ten dollars for a plate, they'll be like, <laughs> "Oh no, let's not try." But I always think about something so crazy, where like even even McDonald's to give you a hamburger for a dollar. Think of everything that goes into that, and you're only paying for a dollar. If people thought more about how much it actually takes to just make the food that you see in front of you, people would be more accepting to pay a little bit more. And I think we are getting there, but I think it's still a mentality that, no, we still want cheap stuff. And Well, and, and some of that, San Antonio is one of the poorest large cities in the country. And I'm sure some of that has to do with it. People just are looking for cheap options, generally. I mean, obviously, you're going to have people that are willing to try food and they're going to pay more or whatever. But mm. just across the board, people are looking for cheap food, you know, well, whatever. They no, no. And, and I completely agree with you on that one. I, I do think we should have more accessible food, 100%. And again, that was kind of my gripes that I was talking about earlier was you see all these places that are actually bringing that new food scene here. Yeah. But they're selling stuff at such, to me, they're overpriced. They're, they're just really expensive prices, in my opinion. If they lowered it down, like maybe three, four, five dollars, I'm sure they would still meet their ends. And then they, they would have potentially even more business from people that weren't able to try it before. So I, I get you on that. Like, I, I don't mean to hate on San Antonio because I know how it is. I mean. Even right now, I don't consider myself middle class. It's just I know there's struggles out there, so it, it's definitely it's definitely touch and go. And I think the problem is like our food scene's trying to rival Austin's, but like I said, the money isn't there for it, so it's still very elitist to be a foodie here in San Antonio. That's what I was going to bring up. In the last ten years, I kind of just felt like, yeah, I mean, you think of Austin as like, oh, it has a, such a great food scene, or you go somewhere new, so uh, some other large city, Houston, Dallas, and then course somewhere as far as like New York or like LA you're like oh my gosh the food scene is amazing here and you're like ah oh, it's boring here in San Antonio we just have chain restaurants do you feel like that was a true thing or do you feel like people just didn't explore enough like or has it gotten better over time it's gotten better over time i think but yeah we do have a lot of chain restaurants and i think we could do better yeah and like i said i i, I think I, I think i could say that as well i, I think it has improved again I think the problem, like you said, is economics that ties into it, whether people can afford it or not, uh, visibility overall. Because again, I keep saying 
it just really depends on how much you're able to market here to, to make a restaurant successful. Now, going back to the, the, the foodie accounts, do you have ideas, you know, for the future, things you want to change up, things you want to try out, any changes you're looking to make maybe to the, to the Instagram accounts or the TikTok accounts? We, we actually do have something that we were supposed to do together, but you know, we're always getting sick and whatnot. What people really like is just seeing the actual people behind the camera, you know? There's been a, a rise in foodies or influencers in San Antonio doing the food thing, and anyone can take pictures of food, you know? So I feel like you've got to do something to change yourself from just being the same as everyone else. And so I was thinking about doing something where, I, again, I talk more to my followers or I engage with them more because... Ultimately, some people do want to just have that connection rather than just, oh, well, I can see this photo anywhere else. Why am I still following S.A. Lunchador when it's just bland photo content? Riona, any uh, any plans for you? Probably post. <laughs> that would be good, right? <laughs> get the account and up and running. Think, yeah, get it up and running again. And I have another friend who's willing to kind of join me. And he said he'll like make videos for me. So hopefully, eventually, I'll get back into the food scene. So, you know, before the podcast started recording, we were talking about how you owe me a lot of uh, recommendations now that SA Lunch Door has been <laughs> not, pretty not much that doing I'm them. not sick anymore. SA <laughs> <laughs> Lunch Door has been pretty much taking the helm with the recommendations. So you're going to have to do a couple I'm of recommendations. I'm so sorry. Because I'm sure you have a, a number of places that you can recommend. But speaking of places you recommend around town, and um, sorry in advance if I get y'all in trouble with any of the people that you uh, that you showcase all the time, but we got to go over some of your favorite places around town. So, I mean, it's only right. Like, this is a foodie podcast. We're talking about food. We're talking about foodie accounts. What are some of the favorite places that y'all have around San Antonio? So, we mentioned one earlier. Uh, Hugo said Macho Maiko. That yeah. place is... The absolute best they just started selling mochi donuts at like two o'clock every day and i have been there so many times for mochi donuts because i i freaking love them and so they is the sell- mochi just like that little like material outside because when i think of mochi i think of the ice cream so yes a lot of people think of the ice cream but it's like nothing like that they use like mochi flour okay into the dough of the donut and so it's like super soft and pillowy and like when you chew it it just feels so, so it's the stuff on the outside of the ice cream then when you're eating like a regular mochi Correct. ice cream. Correct. Yeah, that's the actual mochi okay. part of it. Okay. It's, it's more like, isn't it like a, isn't it a type of like rice flour or something like that or no? Yeah, it's like yeah. a rice flour. I actually have some in my closet. <laughs> Ever since I came across the mochi, it's been like one of my favorite desserts. Like anytime, Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, like anytime, I'm sure there's better places to get it from, but just because, you know, we go to H-E-B weekly. I mean, I just get the ones that they have at H-E-B and I love them. Like, But yeah. I, I want to go try them at an actual place. Yeah, when I was in Japan, I would eat mochi every day. I was so obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) But they have like more than mochi. They have like matcha drinks, like frappes and lattes and floats, shaved ice, parfaits. And I think they just started like selling ube ice cream, like soft serve with matcha. So that's super good. And they also have bubble tea, which is also my favorite. So I definitely... It's a a very niche dessert store, to put it in like just in general terms, but... Like I said, if you like, like Rana said, boba tea, ice cream, there's there's something bound for everyone. I know a lot of people don't like matcha, so you can just get like the regular vanilla soft serve. But I think Rana's right. I think they're still running ube right now. So it's either ube yeah. or I was matcha. just there yesterday, so they still are. Oh, and they actually started like a rewards program. So if you go there eight times, you get like eight stamps. You get like one free drink or item. So there you go. As far as, as, far as restaurants go, it's hard for, at least for me, it's hard to say like there's one place that I really like, like, like. But I think as far as 
if I had to choose one place, just in general, like value, taste, and everything, I always come back to kung fu, uh, kung fu noodle. Like it, it's hard to beat kung fu for what it is. It's a it's a, it's a noodle place that gives you. Uh, like is that the Chinese bowl. noodle spot? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's great. Like eight, I I think they raised their prices once since I've been there, and you'll get this huge bowl of food that most people won't even finish for eight dollars with your choice of protein. Uh, fresh hand pulled noodles, a little bit of bok choy, and it's just hard to beat. Like you, you and then really... the spice level, you can like adjust to like super mega spicy. Yeah, it's it's a hard meal to beat. But as far as like again, a lot of people always say, "Oh, you're the bougie foodie." There's a couple of fancy places that I do like downtown that would be like I said, if you're trying to have a nice night out, I would recommend uh, Bigger. Okay, well, Bliss is good too. I, I won't lie, but I like Bigger for its value too because you can go there on certain days. Uh, either as soon as they open or like when they're closing and you can get, I don't know if they're still doing it now, to be honest, but you can get like a three course meal for like $50 or something like that. So it's a pretty good deal. Going with uh, the basic selection here, what are, what would you say your favorite breakfast tacos here in San Antonio? That's, that's hard because Rihanna will tell you, I am vehemently against breakfast tacos. I deplore them because a certain kind or just all kinds. I think just in general, because I hate knowing that my food just came out of a warmer. Like I, that's that's like my biggest pet peeve because I've always I mean, been able not to every, get like that. Not every restaurant. Well, no, no, yeah, not every place. So that, okay, no. So, so I'm with you on that, said, but, but but not I every. I would say, yeah, I would say, like, if I had to get one, there's two. There's two actually. As far as breakfast goes, uh, everyone know, at least most people know about Con Huevos Tacos. They're pretty good downtown. I'll mm-hmm. give them the shout out, and uh, La Generala because they make their their eggs fresh too. Like I've already. I always hype them up, but they're, they're, they give such a huge quantity of food for what it's worth. Like, I, I don't understand how, how they make their ends meet, but they give so much food for what it is, and it's always fresh. It's, I can always have a good breakfast taco there. Rihanna? That's a hard one. I don't know if I could like choose just one place for breakfast Pinka taco. taco. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Tinka Taco, okay? That place is the bomb.com. Like, there's one right next to my house, and I go there. I was just there yesterday, too. <laughs> Uh, see, I already knew it. <laughs> they have big breakfast tacos. It's like it's like the size of like my face, like maybe half of my face. It's huge. I don't so think I've ever I mean, had give them my love since they're like my neighborhood Tinka Taco. I guess I'm kind of biased. <laughs> How about yours? What's your favorite breakfast spot? For me? Yeah. Uh, for breakfast for tacos. tacos. Yeah. For breakfast tacos. I have been going to Conuevos a lot more, even though it's more of a drive because I'm over here by kind of kind of by SeaWorld. So it's obviously a drive over there, but I'm downtown a lot. I think you see that. Um, yeah. But speaking of downtown tacos, I like Oasis Cafe, which is right by the the Frost Tower, old or new. I mean, they're right by each other. It's right by the the apartments there, those old, old apartments. I think it's like called the Robert E. Lee. I don't know if it's on – I can't think of the street name. It's escaping is it, me. Is it next to the – is it – on the same like block as that music store or whatever it yes, is. Yes. So no? the music store, I think there's in that little little strip of stores. There's like a barber shop. Um, there's something else there too, but they're all connected. And anyways, there's a place called Oasis Cafe right there, and I I love it. I, I got used to it because okay. of course when I worked at um, at Frostbank downtown, I could just walk there. And if you work in the area, you can get delivery for free. So because oh, nice. literally this one guy, the same guy every single time, will just walk it over to the office building. So um, <laughs> anyways, that was my go-to spot like all the time. What do you usually get? Like a potato and egg and bacon or what she kind like of breakfast? 
Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and that's that, that's that's a travesty to, to Mexicans because we're <laughs> it just depends who you ask because my parents are my parents always I grew up say, with them saying how are you gonna put tortillas inside of a tortilla. <laughs> So they're always but like, not if no. you eat chilaquiles <laughs> by itself, though, too. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you eat them by yourself, that's fine, yeah. But I know some people would like chilaquiles Yeah, no, I do. I like, mean, I, no. I get both. I get both. I'll be honest. So I, I'll get a chilaquiles taco, yeah, at, at a place like like Oasis. I can't lie. I go to Tinka Taco, too. I, but, <laughs> but That's a Tinka Taco. Even. Even. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think where else. If I'm making chilaquiles, then I just eat it by itself. I don't eat it with a tortilla. Like, I don't put it in a taco or anything. That's my go-to spot. Now, what about tourist spots? So this one, it's, you know, you got to... We got to give in to the touristy spots. I know sometimes we like to try to avoid that and go off mainstream, but like, what are some of your favorite tourist spots? And you know what? I'm, I'm going to start it out because, and I'm just going to take the flack here, but I love Mi Tierra. Like, I don't care what anybody says about how touristy <laughs> place that is. And it is, it's definitely a touristy place. I mean, I, I think I, I would say probably a good 80% of the people in there are not from here, but like, it's good. It's really good. And if you, I don't, I don't know if you go out downtown or anything, but like pre-COVID, whenever we'd go out, like that was the spot because why? Because it was open 24-7, you know, like it was good. I definitely like the inside and how, like the aesthetics of that place, but the food is like meh. Yeah, see, so that, that, I, I'm the same. Like this isn't me being a prideful Mexican. It's just their drinks are great. Their bakery is amazing. I, I have no nothing to say. Overpriced, yes. But there's very oh, few yeah. dishes I would go in there and say, man, like I'm going to pay for this today. I, I think I think it does a good job of doing what it needs to, which is again at least providing some form of authenticity. Because like if you look at its roots, it definitely it definitely started as out as something that was just like a, a workers man thing, mm-hmm. and then now it just transitioned into being like in such a like touristy spot that I think they're just more worried about making money, and then that's fine, you know. Like I said, it, it is part of like the culture we have here. Like the river walk was man made. I mean, as it, it's meant to bring in people, and so like I. I think of the San Antonio, like, yeah, like, I might have my gripes about it, but you kind of have to give it its respect. So I'll say that much. But like I said, as far as food goes, like, now nah, pass. <laughs> Do you have another Thank touristy you. spot? Ah, touristy spot. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I like, right? like I feel I feel like I never I would never recommend a touristy spot. <laughs> that, that's why I wanted to ask though, because that's like the the uh, I'm trying to think of like places downtown. <laughs> I like uh, La Panaderia. Like is that touristy? You know, that place is pretty that, good. That, yeah, that's a yeah, crazy that's one because I feel yeah. like they started off local, but now definitely I feel I feel they've taken on that role of mi tierra. Where like uh, I don't think their quality I I, I don't think their quality has gone down. <laughs> I don't think, no. I don't think their quality has gone down. But I do feel, oh, you know what? Bakery Lorraine. How about that? The Pearl. Bakery yeah, Lorraine. Go to the Pearl. Yeah, anything okay. at the Pearl is fine. Okay. Uh, because I feel, again, Bakery Lorraine also used to be a little bit more local. And I feel nowadays, I mean, they, 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 there's they, one in the medical center now. Yeah, and if, if, the there's one in Austin and in, in the domain. What about street tacos then? Street tacos, not tacos, not taquitos West Avenue, that's for sure. Uh, I know. I was going to say every, like people's everyone's going to hate on me for place. it, but they're not that great. I don't care. I think if anyone wants good. to fight me, no. Look, a true taco place shouldn't make you wait more than thirty minutes for your. I didn't order. wait thirty minutes. I was just there like last week. How long did you wait? I only waited like maybe I want to say like seven minutes, seven eight minutes. Still too long. And it's pretty. It's pretty busy because <laughs> it's lunchtime. Oh, okay, so. during lunch. Yeah, I guess. 
I would think more of the traditional setting at night because most people do get street tacos at night. I don't think most people have the liberty to get them in the morning. Yeah, um, I was craving tacos. So, I mean, that place slaps, I think, in my opinion, and a lot no of people's flavor. opinions, actually. There's no but flavor because they don't the know hater. better. They don't know better. <laughs> <laughs> no, as far as street tacos go, like, it, uh, I, I'm hating on them for, for many reasons, which, again, some of the places that I like, they have some of their problems that I don't like. But, like I said, for fast service and, like, as far as, like, affordable goes, I don't think anyone can beat La Salsita. It's over there off of Marbach. They used to have dollar tacos. So like you could you could mix and match whatever you wanted, a dollar a piece. I think now because of COVID prices are a dollar twenty-five, it's still a steal. That's not bad. That's like no, it's, it's, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're the best for as, as far as it is for fast service and just getting you in and out the door. And they're great. Like a lot of people do you know about them, especially like people from Mexico, they really like them. Uh yeah, another I place like that too. The one across the street from my house, like it's just so convenient. <laughs> I think that's why I like it so much. Really, just but like convenience. Pasta is, is really good. Yeah, I I do like <laughs> convenience. So, but I think it's also tasty. So, the place we usually go to is uh, Mini Tacos uh, Toribio. Is what it's called. I've been meaning. You know, uh, I have family members that go there all the time, but I just never go myself. But I hear it's good. So good. It's so good. And I always have to practice my Spanish because you can only order in Spanish there. So. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, that's how you know it's good because you have to order in Spanish. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. Um, not only did we kind of kind of catch up a little bit, but <laughs> but also talk about, you know, your foodie accounts and how it's grown and things you've kind of learned along the way as well as, you know, your favorite spots around town and kind of just get your overall feeling about the, the San Antonio food scene here. I really appreciate it. Um, but before I let you guys go, I mean, definitely give a shout out to your Instagram profiles, uh, TikTok, anything like that. Where can we find you guys? I'll let Rihanna go first. Oh, okay. So mine is S.A. Bites on Instagram, S.A.Bites. And don't go for the imposter. She's the OG. Is she still there? There was someone that tried to take her name from her. Like, get off of here. Oh, yeah. Uh, like two S's. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's fine, though, because like, I don't post. So maybe she can just take over. <laughs> nah, and um, as I've said before, and as Zach has been so nice to always keep hyping me up, mine's, uh, I, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram. At some point, I'm going to change my Facebook to actually have mine because I think it's still Countdown City, so I don't even bother with Facebook anymore, but I should. But it's S-A Lunchador. That's S-A-L-U-N-C-H-A-D-O-R. For those that get the joke, it's Luchador, but with lunch in there, and of course, S-A San Antonio, you get the spiel. <laughs> well, again, thank you guys. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks thank for you having us. That. that wraps up my discussion with both S-A Lunchador and Riona from S-A Bites. I really hope you enjoyed it. We're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back with the SA Talk question of the week. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Zach. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement. And as your advisor, I can not only show you how money truly works, but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you're looking to schedule a financial review, please give me a call at 210-760-0409. Welcome back into SA Talk. I want to say thank you again both to the Masked Foodie at SA Lunchador on Instagram and TikTok and Riona Sasaki from the SA Bites account on Instagram. You know, I kind of alluded to it in the discussion that we all went to high school together. So it was really cool personally to to reconnect with the two of them. 
and of course get their takes on their favorite places from around San Antonio. I think it's really cool what they do or what they have done and what they continue to do with their foodie accounts. I, I used to try to take pictures on Instagram and post pictures of food. I think a lot of us do in hopes, I think in the back of our mind that one day we'll have a foodie account or our account will be seen as a foodie account, uh, kind of just blogging our way around San Antonio restaurants and bars and dessert places. But I really respect the work and time that they put into the content that they've released on their Instagram accounts. And of course, the mass foodie on TikTok. I know just from doing some kind of content creation and putting together visuals on social media, it takes a lot of time. I can't even imagine uh, the pictures they have to take and backlogging. You know, if you listen to the recent episode of Searching for San Antonio, where I interviewed SATX rated Donovan Thompson, you know, you kind of heard how much work it really takes to to start this kind of account, but also to run this kind of account. So again, I mean, I just respect the heck out of them for how much time they've put in to running these foodie accounts. Uh, this week, I won't be giving the recommendation of the week because, of course, we kind of just filled up the last part of that discussion with recommendations. So they each technically gave their recommendation of the week. So we're going to skip right to the question of the week for SA Talk. And so this week, you know, again, referring back to my recent interview episode with Donovan Thompson from SATX Rated. Listeners, if you're listening to this episode of SA Talk sometime in the future after its actual release day or release week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the Searching for San Antonio episode featuring Donovan Thompson from SATX Rated. You'll get to hear just kind of what goes into starting an influencer account. And so that said, you know, of course, I continue down the road of having influencers or foodie accounts on the podcast. So of course, the the question of the week is going to be catered to that. And so I want to know, what are some of your favorite influencer accounts here in San Antonio? There's a lot. There's foodie accounts and other kind of influencers here in San Antonio. But I want to know what are your favorites? What are the ones that you follow? If you want to answer on Facebook or Instagram, look out for the question posts and comment below. If you want to answer on Twitter, you can do the same thing or just tweet with hashtag SATalkAnswers. Really interested in hearing who you follow. Most likely, the podcast follows them too. <laughs> Uh, but with that said, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of SA Talk. I want to give a huge thank you to all of the repeat listeners of the podcast, whether you listen to SA Talk or Searching for San Antonio or both. It means a lot to me that you all keep listening to the podcast and content that I put out. I also want to thank any new listeners checking out the show for the first time. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would encourage you to check out my other series I just referred to, Searching for San Antonio. Of course, you can now subscribe to those podcasts separately, but you can also listen to them combined following the San Antonio Podcast Network. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give a rate and review. It always helps us out. Lastly, if you or any business owners you know are looking to advertise with a great local podcast, please reach out to me at Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, at sapodnetwork.com. Thank you all again. Have a wonderful weekend. See you again next week, and viva San Antonio.